Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Rafters. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome in one of the pillars of this organization. Everybody forgets that part. Okay. Oh, good one. Good Don't one. go there. Not yet. What will we talk about in our podcast? You haven't told him? Like he had just come off the battlefield or I something. I know what a dream it is to work with him. Half our listeners probably don't even know what that is. Always going to bleed green, baby. Welcome to View from the Rafters. Behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics, presented by Cardless. Here's your host, Mark D'Amico. All right, everyone, welcome into the latest episode of View from the Raptors, behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics, presented by Cardless. We've got Portland, Oregon in the house today. We got Ime Udoka, head coach of the Boston Celtics, Damon Stoudemire, assistant coach of the Boston Celtics here. You guys are both from Portland. When I say the city name, Portland, like what's the first thing that comes to your guys' mind about the city? Damon. Uh, for me, I guess it's... My family, you know, the, my family, you know, the Stoudemire's and I came from an athletic family and, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I inherited a lot of, I guess, a lot of, um, good genes, a lot of good genes. Yes. <laughs> I, I wasn't and, that lucky. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, you know, I think about my family and, and then the rest, you know, the other things, you know, I probably family first. And then I think about Irvington Park. And that's because that's kind of where I grew up. Yep. How about you, Matt? I would say pride, you know, pride, very prideful city. And, and, you know, to this point, community, like very close, tight, close-knit community, uh, especially in the basketball circles. And so um, when you say Portland and you know anybody's from there, we had a lot of guys that, made it to the NBA and came up through the city for a very small capita. And so very similar to Seattle up that way, Northwest guys, we all were tight knit. And so it started with, you know, I would say even before Damon, AC Green, Terrell Brandon, those guys, Damon was the next. And it was kind of like a thing where you paid it forward, um, where I was four years, five years younger than Damon and watched him coming up. And then a guy like Aaron Miles was five years younger than me at the same high school. And he watched me coming up and goes down the list to a guy like Garrett Jackson that we have on staff and Ben Sullivan. Those guys were AAU guys and part of my AAU team. So tight knit basketball community um, that all kind of pushes each other to make it. And so the pride of Portlanders is one thing, but that, that connectivity between the city is the first thing I think about. Yeah, And, and what you just talked about, the, you guys heard all the names. Like there's a lot of Portland people on the staff um, but but what you touched on right there on kind of the connectivity of the city. So I talked to Isaiah Thomas when he was here about Seattle and Jamal Crawford and Avery Bradley, those guys, Pacific Northwest. And they talked to me about growing up in that community in Seattle. What's it like in Portland? Like, what are you guys known for as like a basketball community? You know, New York City, Chicago, tough guards. You know, what do you guys think that the Portland basketball community is known for? Uh, my thing is it's very similar um, to, to Isaiah's point mm-hmm. as far as, you know, a guy like Doug Christie to Jamal Crawford on down the line. Um, I would say we're known for being on the West Coast. You think of L.A. and California and Hollywood and all that. We're more gritty than than the California guys. And we take a pride. We like that. Take pride from that. Um, but also basketball IQ and the way we've learned the game, I think 
just being around certain guys, older guys, um, you learn it and you're taught it a certain way. And so it's not about athleticism and all that. It's, it's about fundamentals and understanding of the game. And so we all kind of think it a certain way. And you, you can see that in the way we play and, you know, you know, fundamentals and basics and all that, not just rolling the ball out there and relying on athleticism. So I'm guessing that's what played a role in you dialing up all these guys right when you got the job here in Boston. But talk us through, you know, what, what that was like and, and why you called Damon, why you called Ben, why you called all these guys from Portland that you wanted them to be a part of your staff here. Yeah, we had prior relationships, obviously, throughout the years as players coming up. Um, and, you know, it's a funny story. Like, I remember, obviously, he was a bit, one of the biggest guys out of Portland. Mm -hmm. and Two-time state champ, right? <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's All-American, the whole yep. deal. So when I started coming up and first time I met him, I knew his father was, and his uncle was my Pop Warner football coach and saw him at a game once. And then when I actually worked out with him, we would go out to this I had to wake up like six in the morning to catch a bus out to this uh, Oregon Episcopal. <laughs> Oregon Episcopal. And we had to climb over this fence and get out there. And the gym was just buzzing with the older guys. And I rode back with him and uh, one of my high school teammates back to Matt Dishman, a uh, uh, gym in the community. Mm -hmm. just, and so watching him as a high school senior going to college and we would work out there and he'd come back to the neighborhood to lift weights at the, at the local community center. And so we were in there just messing around, but he's serious going, getting ready to go to college. So that was my first like time really getting to know him. And so, um, those relationships go way back, you know, with starting with him and then guys that I played with, like I said, Ben Sullivan is younger, Aaron Miles all watched me. And so we would all as pros come back and play with those guys while they're in college and vice versa in high school. And so, um, that's where it all started. Um, but beside that, they were all doing their own thing. Uh, you know, I helped get Ben to San Antonio. Aaron was in Golden State. Damon was coaching college after coaching Memphis in the NBA. So although we had these relationships, it wasn't just like I called up my boy that hadn't been doing nothing. They didn't, you know, <laughs> yeah, at, right, you know right. I knew they were all doing their own thing. We would constantly touch base about our own situations and over the years while we're doing our, our thing playing-wise or coaching-wise. And so when I had the opportunity, those guys I knew trusted and knew the way they thought the game, thought about basketball and and that's a big part of the staff is who you can trust and rely on and don't have to break the ice with. They know who I am. I know who they are. And it kind of hit the ground running. And so when he gives you that call, I mean, you were in a really good situation at Pacific. The program's on the up and up. What made you want to come to this situation and be by this guy's side who you guys go so far back in Portland? I mean, it was just all email. You know, I mean, it was, if it wasn't email, I probably wouldn't have did it, you know, and, but it was easy, like he said. Um, the relationship going back, I knew who I, was, I knew who I would be with. I knew I'd be working for, and it just makes it that much easier. And actually, you know, when he called, you know, he he talked about, you know, he was about to meet with me with Boston, you know, but would I come? And I was like, well, just get the job first. When you get the job, then just call me back. It's a, it's a no-brainer for me, but let's not jinx it. Get the job first and. And then we'll go from there. And then he called. And then I was just like, well, just let me hammer out some particulars on this end. And, man, I'm coming. You know, it was it was, it was a no-brainer. I didn't even, you know, I didn't have to think about it at all. You know, um, I knew I wanted to when, when, when he asked me. And the biggest thing I thought about, honestly, wasn't even, wasn't even coming with him because I was a no-brainer. It was like, I got to tell the team. I got to tell my kids, you know, and that's, that was the biggest thing. that I just wanted to be able to tell my tell my team and them not hear it um, from anybody else. So he kind of just talked about the memories that he has when he first met you. What do you remember about those first times when you interacted with Ime and, and as the older guy, what were you kind of trying to show that next generation kind of coming up behind you? Well, I think Ime and, and most, of the, most of the guys that, that were coming up underneath me, they seen my work ethic. I was a he just said you yeah. were working hard yeah. and they were kind of yeah. messing around yeah. in the gym, right? Yeah, it was it was my work ethic. You know, that was the one thing that was instilled in me in, at an early age. Um, I always was going to be the hardest worker. Um, I seen a really big jump in my game and probably my sophomore year to junior year. And, and then, you know, um, as I got older, um, you know, the younger guys would come and they'll be in the gym. And, and I gravitated to them as much as they gravitated to me, to be honest with you. Um, there was not, there, there was a pecking order. We, we can say it was a pecking order, but I looked at nobody inferior. Eighth graders would play on the floor with us. Ninth graders would be on the floor with us. And this is when I was in college. 
Um, and, you know, me, Nime, um, seeing his grind, um, I don't think people know the grind. Um, you know, he had to overcome a lot of things, injuries, you know, went to JUCO first. Then went to when D one, you know, and just the way he made it through the NBA, way way he made it to the NBA, playing in all the minor league leagues, his journey to get there, and then we had a mutual friend, you know, um, obviously, a guy by the name of Aaron Cowan, who, you know, represented Emay early on in, in Emay's playing career, and who was my best friend and who had worked for me um, for, for years and years, and you know, just I, I seen his journey. So for me. Uh, Seeing that journey, seeing his coaching journey and getting to this point, that 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 made me comfortable as well. You know, I knew we were coming here to try to do something special. Like he said, it wasn't a matter of, of he bringing his boys in. It just so happened that guys had credentials that he knew, you know. So um, I was able to go off. And when I left the NBA, um, I was able to do my thing and, you know, being an assistant coach with the Grizzlies and then going to college, moving on. And, and, and you know, my resume built up to ultimately I became a head coach. And, you know, I, I, it was honor, you know, it was honor because I, kn- I know he don't call people like that. Too. <laughs> so I know he just wasn't reaching out to nobody like that. You know what I mean? So, um, no, it's a no brainer. Once once he once he asked, it was a no brainer. And you said the credentials like your, your resume is as long as it could get like Ben Sullivan just won a title. Will Hardy, obviously he's not from the Portland group, but we know that this staff is well-established. Let's, let's dive back into some more of those memories, though, of growing up. Um, you, I think your high schools were like seven miles apart, not too far. For people who haven't been to Portland, um, just giving some context there, not too far apart. Did you ever go to his games and like watch him ball out when he was in high school? I, I only saw him on TV against my brother. I had an older brother. <laughs> How'd that go? They, they smoked him. <laughs> they smoked my brother's team. So um, he went out to Wilson High School. Um, I was at our neighborhood school, Jefferson High School. Yep. And so, but we all, like I said, everybody was in the gym together off season, all from the same neighborhood. And, and they played at Portland State uh, yep. against, ben, against Benson, my brother's team. And so that's, that's the one game I caught. I was in eighth grade when he was a senior, so I missed him coming into high mm-hmm. school, but um, would see the games and, like I said, knew all about him, obviously, us following each other in the local circle. But um, I remember that game. He lit him up at Portland State. It was on, like, a local TV channel. Um, and so I saw him there and then obviously got to know him as I moved up a little bit. But just talking about those runs and all that, like, I was a late bloomer. So we, for for me, watching him and being in the gym with him and, his cousin Antoine and the guys I looked up to, it was like a measuring stick every year. You know, they come back in the summer and I'd see where I was at, and, you know, even into my pro career, um, them established in the NBA, me working my way up to get there. And so all these guys that I idolized looking up, it was like, I almost looked at if I made it to the cream of the crop in Portland, I'd be good on the national <laughs> stage. So um, there were so many great players that played NBA time, didn't make it, but that's what I was trying to measure myself up against every year. You remember that game against his brother? Oh yeah, I have. I had a game on t- on listen on on cassette. You know, that was <laughs> the old VCR. School, right? We had. I had to convert VHS it. tape. I, I For had sure. To, I had to convert it, and um, yeah, I remember the game. Half our listeners probably don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I, I remember the game. Actually, you know, it was actually at that time it was a it was a national TV oh, right. game. So it was a national TV game. They used to have a high school game of the week. And the crazy thing about it is, is Mike Breen was a was an announcer. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Mike Breen and Mike Rice. Okay. Yep. They were they were the, the announcers, and you know Mike Rice. Mike Breen's up, come a long way yeah, since yeah, then, right? Calling <laughs> the so, NBA Finals now. Yeah. So you know we, um, you know we 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 were lucky, and that was a great opportunity. But yeah, no, he went to the neighborhood school. I actually. Um, I, I was supposed to go to Jeff or back when we grew up, you know, the neighborhood school, your feeder school, you automatically got a schedule. So I had a schedule for Jefferson the first day. I just went to Wilson. Um, and how, and how did that happen? You just started going to classes well, there? Well, you know what? I hung around with older guys. Okay. So the guys my age um, who I grew up playing with, they went to Jeff. Mm-hmm. Most of them went to Jeff. Um, I went to Wilson. And like I said, I, I hung out with, older guys um and uh 
you know, it was a little further. It was a, it was a nice little trek. Now I had to catch up. <laughs> I had to catch a couple buses to get there. <laughs> you know, it took about an hour, fifteen minutes. But I mean, it worked out. You know, I mean, it it did. It worked out. But you know, um, probably the one regret, to be honest with you, and I tell people this all the time. I wish I would have been able to win a state championship at Jefferson, being that it was the neighborhood school. You know, being that as I've gotten older, I see how much you know, pride the community, you know, has, you know, for us, you know, even, you know, going back home now and, you know, the calls I get, messages I get, I mean, it's just a lot of pride where we, where we come up from because we're a small community. And although it's a lot of us in that circle that, that have made it, it's not a lot of people that actually make it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of hangs their hat on watching, on watching you, or, you know, now it's watching, Eme, head coach of the Boston Celtics, that's inspiring for guys watching myself, you know. So it's just a lot of different to Aaron, you know. So, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the only regret that I have. Yeah. How have so many guys come out of such a small community? I mean, you, you've talked about, I mean, there's some real names on that list coming out of Portland. How has there been so much success from such a, a small town? I mean, it's not a, it's not a town, it's yeah. a city, but it's not like, LA it's not like New York or Chicago I think the examples ahead of us like I mentioned you know seeing guys that did it and made it and seeing them back in the neighborhood playing and Mm -hmm. working out in the summer that's what I remember Um, you know it was AC Green first like I mentioned he went to Benson High School Oregon State obviously played a long NBA career but you would see them back in the neighborhood Terrell Brandon is a prime example someone he battled Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. and I would go watch him Terrell Brandon Eric Spolster when he was at University of Portland I'd watch (laughs) these are guys I was watching when I was in in middle school you know they were in high school college and so I had the example in front of me and saw guys that did it and so to this point like we're big on work ethic I think we're you know, known and renowned for just living in the gym. And that's who I was, and that's what I had to do to make it. But you see the example in front of you. It's not like we're not coming to the gym to play five games and leave. We're in there for hours, hours mm-hmm. on hour, And it carried over to wherever I was at in the country. People weren't like us as far as that. So even now to this day, if we're in the gym playing or wherever I went throughout my career, we're not coming for a few games. We're coming <laughs> to be in there all day and grind it out and play. And it's a different mentality, but you see it live in front of you like I would see Terrell Brandon in Salvation Army playing with all his boys basically five against one they would just attack him so he could get ready for NBA season so I watched and that would he still win yeah yeah <laughs> going, dicing him up and so I would see that every day at, you know we'd be playing down there I'd watch him down there I'd watch Damon we started playing two on two short court like full court games and so I saw the example right in front of me and that's why it lifts everybody else up and so I did the same with Aaron he sees you know a guy like me made it and so on and so forth down the line. How often do you guys get back to be able to kind of still give back to the community? Do you have time to do that? Like, do you make it a point to do that during the off season, or is there just not enough room? Uh, I definitely get home. Yeah, you know, go home a couple times a year. I mean, um, still got a lot of family there. Um, you know, a lot of friends. You know, and. Still like going back is home. It's always going to be home. You know what I mean? Uh, I actually had my house there for the longest. I just sold it probably a couple years ago. But, you know, I always go home. Home is always going to be home. And, you know, it's, it's um, you know, now you're trying to, you know, you try to pull back. When I say pull back, you know, you're trying to pluck. And, you know, you hear about the younger guys coming up. You hear about the names. And, you know, um, being in college, I can keep up with it a little mm-hmm. more. Not as much. Probably recruiting yeah, some of them, yeah. right? Yeah. Not as much now, but, you know, obviously, you know, you try to get them as much wisdom and knowledge as you can. And you hear about those guys and you're just trying to uplift, you know, because, you know, nowadays uh, you just want to be inspiring the guys as they're trying to make it, you know, because if they see somebody from right there where they're at that's, did, that's done what they're trying to do, you know, you, you, you that, that's always something to hang your hat on. And for me, I mean, it's probably easier for Damon being on the West Coast at Pacific and college recruiting and all that. Um, don't get up as much. Uh, I got a chance to during the hiatus, uh, you know, when the season got halted a few years ago, I went for two weeks that off season before we went to the bubble. And so um, every chance we get, obviously, being in the Western Conference, I played there more often than these last three years. But um, it's always special to go back and, um, you know, me coaching here and having all of, all the Portland guys with me, 
got a lot of love from people there. Um, people send me clips of the local rap guys shouting you out in videos and, and all that. And then to take it a step further, like you said, uh, we got, you know, I had an AU team where Terrence mm -hmm. Jones, Terrence Ross, and Garrett Jackson, who I got here now, were all on my team. And so you want to go back and give back to this community, uh, practice at the high school, and then take it another step further. We got a few kids that are going to be signing uh, soon. And so uh, we'll have some kids signing some pretty big D1s coming up. And so that's just how receptive people are to us, know what we're doing, following our schedule, know we're coming into town and just want to take a picture on their signing day. So that's, like, like you said, how it all kind of circles back around to everybody looking up to us and us coming back and getting to know the younger generation. Yeah, it's really cool to see. So we start with you, then we go to you. And then we've got Aaron Miles behind and, and Ben Sullivan. So talk to me about these other guys that are on the coaching staff. We're going to talk to them later in this episode. But talk to me about Ben Sullivan and talk to me about Aaron Miles and Garrett Jackson, these guys that you also wanted to bring here onto the staff. Yeah, Ben, ben was uh, – Aaron was – we'll start with Aaron. He was five years younger, younger than me, so me similar to Damon. And same high school, right? Same high school, yeah. yeah same. Jefferson. We're all in the yeah, same neighborhood, but – I lost the state championship game. He said he was watching that as a kid. Um, then they won a few uh, years later. Um, he had a kid, him and Michael Lee, that went to Kansas, so they started to blow mm -hmm. up, and his cousin, Selene, going to Arizona. So that younger generation started to really get, you know, highly recruited on the map. But Aaron was a guy that was just in the gym watching us the way I was with these guys. And um, me and Aaron played together in the D-League um, after he was with Golden State. And so we obviously played together professionally, and then – as he went on to coach professionally, I you know, would see him, obviously, talk to Steve Kerr about him. And so, like I said, I could kind of see everybody from afar doing their own thing. He was head coach at Santa Cruz for a few years um, before Golden State uh, called him up there. And just watching his journey, his growth over the years, um, it was inspiring to see him do his thing on that level, be a head coach, and then you know, worked his way up through college and then get to Golden State. So I started, we would always talk throughout the offseason, and, and I started to you know, pick his brain about certain things. He would do the same with me, being that I was coaching longer than him. And that's how that, that one formed. But you go down the list. Um, you got anything on Aaron there? No, I mean, the one thing about Aaron, Aaron was kind of, for us, he was, even for me, he was like a first. You know, and when I say a first, like, you know, from day one, he was highly recruited, you know. So he had, I, I would probably say I started it, you know, with having, like, the traction, mm -hmm. then he, Lute Olsen coming to town, Denny Crum, but with Aaron, it was he was getting recruited by everybody in the country. So he had everybody coming to town, and um, he was uh, National Player of the Year. You know, he played in McDonald's game. You know, he, you know, he had a lot of firsts, you know, and then on top of that, he was a 4.0 student. So he had everything, you know, he came from, you know, for me, you know, looking, and I say he was, you know, he was, he he had everything, you know, he came from a great family, you know, um, his mom and dad, you know, great people. Like, you know, he was really a guy that, that, that you could, that you knew was going to be successful, whether it was in the NBA or whatever it was, he was going to be successful. But, you know, that's how I seen Aaron and viewed him. He was always a guy that, that was, that was going, that was going to have success in whatever he did. How about Ben? And lastly on Aaron, you know, I would like to his point, uh, family, know his brothers and sister. And went, we grew up and went to school the same grades together. So, I, like I said, he was around as a young young fella, but his sister and brother were in school with me all my years. And so his father and mother, obviously, like would be in the gym keeping everybody straight and making mm -hmm. sure, you know, Coach Miles, his dad. Yeah. So um, regarding Ben, um, Ben was two years younger than Aaron but was under the same umbrella that some of us came under with triple threat basketball, a guy that really taught Damon and a lot of us, Howard Avery. And um, Ben was uh, some, more of the same, tall, you know, about 6'9", 6'10", but real feisty. You know, he, he went to a Lake Oswego High School, which is a, a pretty rich suburb, but he was played from... with my cousin. Played and he Celine. played with Celine. Celine. So okay. I, I, I've known Ben yeah, just as long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, um, it's crazy how small the community is. Yeah. It's nuts. But he was actually from Portland and just went out to Lake Oswego to, to play there. So he was a guy that was always in the gym yapping. Like, he went back down. He was a younger guy, obviously, but feisty. And, you know, it was funny to have a younger guy that we'd be bullying up in the gym. And, but he always came back, and so that always stood out to me. Even as I started playing professionally, he was at the University of Portland at the time and 
trying to, I think he played a little bit overseas afterwards and he would always be in the gym, never, never back down. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the thing that stood out to me with him. The story there is very unique where he was coaching. Um, he went back to the University of Portland to be video coordinator, coached one year at Lewis and Clark, a smaller NAIA school there, and then was coaching at a junior college when I called him to San Antonio. And it, it happened. It was a crazy story that one of our guys in San Antonio, video coordinator, backed out literally a week before the season. So the coaches are scrambling to find a replacement and saying, think of you know someone with some height that knows basketball, has some coaching experience. And, I was, like, I know one. I was just beating the bushes at first, like, to think of people. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, I had the AU team side, guys that were coming up, making their way up, and I just thought about him, and I was like, okay, Ben, you know, I know he's coaching a little bit, and he has some background with video and all that, and reached out to him, and at that point, he was coaching a junior college that we all played at, Clark College uh, in Vancouver, Washington. And for him, I know it must be crazy, and he, his wife, and they'll always talk about it. I don't look at it like that. I was just trying to help somebody get on and feel a need that we needed, but he, you know, almost feels indebted, like the way he <laughs> talks about it, and I don't like that he does that, but, you know, think about his story, um, going from junior college to, he said he just wanted to be a high school basketball coach, to getting a call one day, come to San Antonio, and gets down Pretty there. Pretty well-established location, right? Nice program there. He gets down there, and to his credit, um, he was great from day one, and so comfortable around the guys, and when you're, you know, most guys would be awestruck around Tim Duncan. These guys, he was very good with them day one. And so he, he did well there. And Coach Budenholzer took him to Atlanta after two years in Milwaukee. And like you said, got the championship. So just those experiences. And if, if you know Bud at all, you got to be a certain type of guy for Bud to grab you. And so that's credit to Ben coming and being ready when he got there and then taking advantage of opportunities to work his way up. And Another guy that, you know, I, I hit all my targets that I really went after. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm honored that they all came. And to me, I was like, okay, he won the championship. Is he going to leave Milwaukee? Is he, you know, this and that. We had to kind of wait on that one because they were still playing later. But um, for me, it was it was great to hit all those guys I reached out to. Like, you don't usually get everybody you're, t you're yeah. going after. And so for me, that's a blessing. So with Ben, I'm going to ask him this later in the episode, but what, what was your first conversation like with him when you called him? Because He's in a pretty good situation as well. I mean, obviously, yeah. won a championship last season. So what was that first conversation yeah. like? It was, uh, you know, I'd reached out to him in previous years when I, had, I was a finalist in some mm -hmm. places to kind of gauge the interest. Um, and to me, I knew the, my pitch to him was a different experience. Um, I knew the value I had from leaving San Antonio and going to Philadelphia and Brooklyn and how it helped me grow as a coach. And I felt he was in the same position. Will Hardy as well, but... You know, you kind of get pigeonholed if you're a Budenholzer guy, a Spurs guy. And I think just in general, that experience for guys helps you grow, you know, professionally. And so that's what I kind of sold him on. Um, you're in a great situation, obviously, there. But you already got the ring. Now you get some experience, you know. And that's how I felt about my time in San Antonio. We lost my first year, won it the second year, learned what I needed to learn. And it was time to move on. So I kind of pitched him on that and the perception outside of how you're looked at when you get into different circles and different philosophies and just, you know, somebody I trusted for sure, but I gave him that uh, side of it as well. So real quick before I let you guys go, you guys played together for a year too, right? So you're coaching together here, yeah. you played together. Yeah. How wild is that to like conceptualize <laughs> that like you grew up watching him, yeah. you grew up right down the road from each other. Like how, how wild is that just like looking back on how this has come full circle to lead you in this room right now with the Boston Celtics? I, for, I forgot about. I mean, I, I actually forgot about that. We did. I mean, because it, it was a, it was a half a year, but yeah. yeah, no, it's it's still like, I don't know. I, it is kind of surreal. I mean, how everything's kind of happened. Um, I don't know. I just this is what I do know. I just know that being in this business, when I got to the coaching side, I always said I wasn't coaching with people I I wasn't comfortable with, and I didn't want to be. I didn't want to coach with people that weren't good people. I wanted to be around good people the whole time. And uh, whether whether it was when we were younger, with the Spurs right now, I know who he is. Like it's never, he's never changed and, and he's never wavered. And for me, that's that, that, meant, that meant the world to me. Even when I got to San Antonio, I didn't really know nothing. He gave me the lay of the land, um, you know, told me, told me, you know, what to expect. And, 
you know, it, it was everything that he said, but no, that was, that's, I, I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. It was like 30, 31 games or yeah, something like yeah, that. You guys, right, yeah, yeah. It, it was a unique situation. I think he got bought out in Memphis. Yeah, got bought and out. And so yeah. he came over, um, you know, I had been there into my, that was my first year there, but we got the Western Conference Finals yeah, that year. Yeah, lost to lost the Lakers. Lost Lakers. There. Yeah. Um, just the situation for me, it was like, Okay, I knew him, and as I made it to the NBA as a player, we obviously were in the gyms in the summer and all that, but we really got closer then, like being there. Mm-hmm. I, was, I had been there for the year, and I was on a two-year deal, and he came in. And so um, even for me, you know, he was a guy, like I said, I looked up to my whole life, and that's the time we first really spent a significant amount together. Um, his best friend, and who was my agent and mentor growing up, who passed, um, you know, we that connected us even more. So he would come out there and um, just having that that time together. Like we would go grab dinner all the time at Thanksgiving, yeah. like at a you know at, at his house in San Antonio, and just spent more time together because he was like I said, just getting to know the city and the organization. But um, that kind of got us closer and kind of catapulted us as he started coaching after that. And I had a few more years to play, um, just to talking more and being around each other more and spending more time. So. Um, although it was a unique situation, I, I, it's funny. I see, saw a picture the other day of us against the Lakers. You know, I'm right here diving for a ball. He's in the background of the picture. So, <laughs> you know, it's stuff like that that you almost, like you said, don't remember because you're in the yeah. midst of it. And yeah. you know, we we were in the Western Conference Finals trying to get to a back-to-back championship, so you're just grinding through it. But you you know, unless you bring it up, we don't even talk about yeah, that. Like, yeah, you totally know, forget. Us playing together for 30, 30 plus <laughs> games, and you know, for me, it's special. Like I said. Uh, watching the guys I came up with um, that I pushed myself and tried to aspire to be, to be on the same court with them. And now working with them is, is an honor. And it's like you said, for a full circle. And, you know, we try to make more memories. Well, you guys have certainly done a great job of that so far this season. We're looking forward to more of those memories being logged the rest of this season and into the years to come. So thank you both for taking the time to come on the podcast today, number one. And number two, thank you for telling some great stories of growing up right down the road from one another out in Portland, Oregon. That is how you say it. I learned that for sure today. So thank you both. Right after this commercial break, we're going to have two more members of the Portland community coming on, and those are Boston Celtics assistant coaches Ben Sullivan and Aaron Miles. We'll be right back after this commercial break from our proud partner, Cardinal. Today's episode is presented by the Boston Celtics credit card powered by Cardless. You'll be eligible to earn a special sign-up bonus when you apply and are approved at cardless.com slash Celtics. Then redeem your points for cash back, game tickets, merch, and much more. Card issued by First Electronic Bank, member FDIC. Offers subject to credit approval. Visit cardless.com forward slash Celtics for more information. That's cardless.com forward slash Celtics. So first half of the episode, we had Damon and Ime on, and they're talking about your guys' stories, their stories, how you guys all linked up. But to me, the craziest part of it all is that you all wound up here together. So how the hell did this happen? Like, what what were the phone calls that that you guys each got uh, from Ime, and what made you want to come here? Aaron, we'll start with you. Well, uh, obviously, I was in Golden State, you know, the last four years. Um, and um, it's great there, right? And so I've always said there was only two people that I would, you know, just leave Golden State to go be with. And that was if e got a job and then my man Willie Green. And obviously, they both got jobs yep. at the same time. Um, so when e got the job. Were you in a tough position there? So it's funny, like, so e had got the job first. And, and when Willie got the job, I had you know, committed to email immediately, you know, like right before Willie, got, or right as, around the same time that Willie yeah. got the job. So we, me and Willie never got in any discussion regarding it. So we, you know, we never got into any discussion except he said, man, you know, if you hadn't been gone, man, I might've been coming to get you. So it's something like that. But, um, so why, why email and why Willie? Well, let's think, start out with email. Sure. Well, for me, it's all about relationships in this business. Right. And I don't, I don't know a ton of, People like that, that uh, kind of coaches that if they got jobs that I'd be like, no, you know, I, I trust their character. I trust all. So um, I trust Emay's character. I, you know, obviously his basketball uh, pedigree and IQ, same as Willie's, you know. And so for me, that's, that was huge. And so having that relationship um, with them and me and Emay go way back. You know, yep. uh, I know we're talking about it right now as far as the Portland connection. And so, you know, that's that's 
his family, you know? And so when he called me, I like, man, I, I figured he was going to call me at some point. Um, and when he did, as soon as I seen him, I seen my email, you doke on my phone, <laughs> like he about to ask or talk <laughs> about it. And so, and, and sure enough, he did. Um, and so, yeah, man. And, you know, again, you know, the relationship, you know, and, um, obviously I want to help him, you know, be successful. Um, and that's it. And Ben, not the first time Emei's called you for a position, right? Like, what was it like getting this one as compared to that first one way back in the day to go down to San Antonio? Uh, well, it's, it's different uh, in that the first time he called me, I'd never thought about being an NBA coach or working in the NBA in, like, any capacity. So it was totally foreign concept to me. It's like, hey, do you want to go to outer space? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I never thought about being an astronaut before. Because you, the first call, just to give the listeners some background, you were at a junior college, right? Yeah. And, and out of nowhere, he calls you like a week or two before the season, yeah. right? To be a video coordinator with the Spurs. Yeah, to be the video, actually intern with the intern. Spurs. So even better. that was like to uproot and leave everything like in a real quick time frame. Like my whole life changed instantly. And uh, so that was a pretty dramatic change. This one, I've been in the industry for a while. Um, and Emei's name had been kind of circulating among the head coaching vacancies for a couple of years now. So it kind of felt more as like a if like a when it was going to happen instead of if it was going to happen. Right. And uh, when he called me, it was you know, after the finals, after we won the championship, hashtag humble brag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but after, so you can't call like while a coach is in season, yeah. you know, in our season, like last year I was with Milwaukee for three years and Atlanta for four. So I was with the same coaching staff for seven. Yeah. And so after the season he calls and, you know, we started talking about it. Um, I hadn't really thought about leaving my whole mentality, and I think we've talked about this before, I always just think about doing the job that I have yep. to the best of my ability. And I never, I'm not thinking about the next job I'm going to have or where I'm going to try to get. That doesn't mean I don't have goals or aspirations, but like my daily thoughts and like what I'm trying to do is trying to help the people around me, the players around me, the team I'm with. Like that's my focus, right? And uh, so when he called, you know, then I had to sit down and evaluate it. And, you know, he, similar to Aaron, there's a few people that you would consider leaving for. You don't just go necessarily for anybody and, you know, you have to evaluate the options and all that kind of stuff. And when Ime called, it was like, wow, this is really interesting. Ime and Boston and, you know, Aaron and Damon. And I know Will Hardy, I was in the video room with him my first two years in San Antonio. So it was like, you know, Brad Stevens is, you know, it's just, it became like a lot of things that you have to evaluate. So, you know, mm -hmm it just became really real all of a sudden. Cause like sometimes you get calls or people talk about like, Hey, would you think about this? And you're like, you know, no, I'm good where I'm at. Like love coach bud and Darwin, Charles Lee, all those people. And, uh, but then when this one came out, I was like, Oh, this one felt a little bit different from the start. Yeah. That was, it was hard. It was hard for me because of the same thing, the relationships, you know, and back in golden state, you know, but actually speaking with Steve and, you know, and Bob Myers about it, you know, it's talking about going to Boston, obviously the relationship with Emei, but they talked about how the organization is a great organization to be a part of as well. And that's something that's important in this coaching uh, industry as well. You know, making sure you're getting with a good organization, you know, that treat people right and care about you as a person. And so Emei told me that, you know, during the first half of this episode that he, he hit all of his targets. <laughs> like he, he aimed for you. He aimed for you. He aimed for everyone who wound up being on the staff. That rarely happened. Yeah. But even more rare is that so many of you are from the same place. So, like, how much did that maybe play into your guys' comfortability of uprooting from where you were to being able to come here? Because you're not coming in with, with strangers, right? It's, it, like you said, Aaron, it's, it's people that you know and trust and want to be around. How much of an a impact did that make on your guys' decision to have people in this room who you grew up with and, and around? Well, yeah. it's definitely important because this is like your second family and sometimes it feels like your first family because of how much time you spend together you're on the road together you're going to battle together you're in meetings together the next morning then you're in practice and you're on the plane then you're at the hotel and then you're eating together. like we're together all <laughs> the time and so maybe sometimes too much no and that's the thing like because you get such great people like email has done like 
as good uh, as good of a coach as Aaron is, he's an even better person. And so, like, to have a good person around like that, to have Will Hart is a great person, Damon is a great person, uh, Joe, Tony, Matt, D Matt, Garrett, Brad's all our young guys. Like, like he put together a really good group of really good people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that creates an environment of like people that you want to be around. Like, there's no one that you show up to work that day. Like, oh, I got to talk to this guy. <laughs> I got to look at this person. I got to do that or whatever. And so when you put together a really good group of human beings, it can help create a culture um, that's sustainable that you want to be around. No, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, when, when, he, when he called, he, he told me that he was looking at, obviously, he's going to talk to Ben eventually, you know, once the season, once he got up, got, got finished winning a championship. Humble brag. Humble brag. You know, so it, it was dope. You know, for me, it was like, you know, because it was E-May, that's 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 why I was leaning, you know, towards going or whatever. But when he started talking about that, then the excitement of, oh, it's you know, you know, we're taking the Celtics, you know, Portland Celtics type thing, you know what I mean? Like that type of thought came into mind and you know, and um just making our, our town proud, you know, of what we, we 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 can accomplish. So that definitely started to trickle in a little bit, you know. It's funny you said the word town, because I think people who are not from Portland maybe look at Portland as you know it's it's not a major city it's not a major market but it's wild how much basketball talent comes out of there I mean we've got you guys in the room those guys who I talked to in the first half of the episode yeah, Terrell Garrett Brandon, Jackson. Like, there's yep, Jackson, Garrett Jackson. On our staff here also it, it's just crazy how much talent comes out of there why do you think that's the case uh for a market that's not gigantic like New York or LA or Chicago why do you think that environment and that basketball community breeds really good talent? I think I know, you know, coming up, you know, it was a very close-knit group, you know, and so, you know, we would play, play be very competitive, uh, like at the parks, be very competitive, you know, uh, at the local gyms, you know, self-enhancement, SCI, and, you know, or the Salvation Army, wherever we're going to play, is very competitive and guys are pushing each other. You know, Emei said you guys don't show up to play like one or two games. You're coming to play all day. Oh, we play all day. And he made the worst at that, man. I mean, I love it, <laughs> you know, but I love to play. But he'll play. Man, we'll play in the morning, go play in the afternoon, play at night. I mean, and, and I'm not just saying play like 30 hour. Nah, we playing two, three hours. Yeah. You know, go eat, go play another, you know, so. But I think that, that, that whole um, mindset back then of just competing against each other as we was growing up and 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 watching the, the people that come before me, like Damon's much, you know, a little older than me, you know, so his crew that he was, you know, they was always competitive and competing. And then as youngsters, you come in, you start watching the older guys compete and every now and then you might get into a game with them or whatever. And it's just kind of, you know, uh, you know, fosters that type of development, you know, so. How well did you guys know each other coming up? Because Ben, you're two two years behind Aaron, right? Is that right? A year, a year or two, yeah, year. I think. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah, but yeah. just to piggyback on what Aaron was saying, like, I th- I think the Portland community, the Portland Hoops community, it's more inclusive than I maybe thought it was growing up. So, like, you know, we come from opposite sides of the river, basically. Yeah. But, like, anytime I would show up, I was over on their side of town. They come on that side. Like, the I kind of picture, I don't know how you think, but it was like a traveling community. So, like, the word would get out, like, yeah. where the runs were. And then the same people would show up over and over, no matter where it was happening. And so, like, and then I thought the older guys, like Dupe, Strick, Cowan, Kanan, they were kind of, like, like fostering, um, like, that community of, like, you know, hey, Ben's from, you know, I'm from some town in the suburbs, but, like, I'm in, and, like, all of a sudden Aaron's taking me aside. Like, it was inclusive in a way that like if you could hoop you're in and it wasn't like no you don't come from this part of town or you're not don't go to this high school or whatever it was more like no matter what you looked like to where you're from if you could play like people wanted you to come play so that we could all like help each other get better and the, and it sounds nice when you say it like that and sometimes <laughs> the way you help each other get better is by beating the living crap out of each other <laughs> when you Facts. play <laughs> Facts, which happens on our coaching staff it still happens today <laughs> That's why you guys limped in here today, right? Facts. <laughs> why do you think, like, to me that speaks to, to the people that are coming out of Portland, right? It's like every city has a different, like, vibe. You know, like Boston's different than, than New York, and New York's different than Philly. 
what do you think it is about the people in Portland that that led to that community being tight? Like it's, it's got to be something about I how think, people are raised out there. I think it's it's I think every every city got you know is the people of it is proud of their city, right? And I know that's one of the big things in Portland, man. You just proud to come out of Portland, proud to represent when somebody out of you know from Portland is doing something, you supporting supporting them or her, you know, and and, and uh, pulling for them and so forth, regardless what, you know, industry you're, they're in, you know, whether they're, you know, no matter what, you just want them to do well and succeed. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's always been the key for us. You know, we kind of like you say, it's a small, small community, you know, um, but always supporting. We know everybody, you know, everybody. So you, if you don't know that, like even I, right now, you know, I go back home to Portland, which I ain't lived since I went off to college, but I go back there and I see some kids growing up and it's like, Oh, that kid. Oh, that's her mama or his, his mom. <laughs> yeah. So and so. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So you, yeah. you really connect it. So therefore you always like, feel like you uh, can play a part in, you know, helping. There's roots there. There's roots yeah. for sure. Let's get into your guys' background and, and like how you came up and, and came to know Ime <clears throat> in particular. Um, Aaron, I want to start with you just because you went to the same high school, right? Jefferson yeah. High. You were, I think, five years behind Ime. He six. told he, six. Yeah. Okay. He graduated he, '95. I'm one. Okay. So he told me that he lost in the state championship. Yeah. And that you told him that you watched that game, and then you went on to win the state championship. Yeah. While during your high school career, what was that yep. like for you, like watching him and kind of aspiring to? Like one up him when you got. It's funny, high man. Uh, this team was stacked, first of all. So we'll start. <laughs> it there, was stacked. Anyway. Like rattle off the names here. We were stacked, you know what I'm saying? But we were all from the same community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We all lived within ten minutes from each other. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like we wouldn't pull in from yep. outside or whatever. Yeah, like it was like a, a prep school team. team. No, nah, yeah. we was all right there. What so. was the starting five? It was you, Mike Lee, Brandon Lincoln, Brandon Brooks. Nope, Brandon Lincoln came off the bench. So it was me. Yeah, Brandon Lincoln off the bench. Yeah, me, Mike Lee, Brandon Brooks went to. You know, he actually should have been. You know, he was a first team all state, you know what I mean? God, he was so he good. He was cold. He was so cold. So me, Brandon, Mike Lee, Anton Jarrell, and John Tennant. So Mike Lee went to Kansas with me. Brandon Brooks ended up at USC, but he signed with, committed to Arizona State out of high school, but ended up going the Juco route and ended up USC. Uh, John Tennant went to like Idaho State, and then Anton Jarrell went to UTEP. Brandon Lincoln was coming off the bench. He went to Oregon. Um, and then we had a number of other guys that, you know, went to, you know, a couple of them played football at like D2s or whatever, man. So Great. Curtis played somewhere around. Talent. And then Curtis, you know, Curtis was swinging was from JV to bar for sure. You know, and so the crazy thing is we all, from, from my high school team, a lot of us either played for Cisco Kids, which is a team that my father, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yep, created. I heard you know this. Me, and uh, Triple Threat with Howard Avery, who was, was a, you know. Exactly, and that's a couple of those guys, like Brandon, Tone. So we had a deep roster. But, for, you know, back to the original, when I was uh, eight, nine, or whatever, my sister was a freshman in high school with Emay. And so that's when I really started to really take notice to basketball, especially in Portland. I always tell people I never really wanted to go to Kansas. I didn't care. I didn't, wasn't thinking about college. I was thinking all I wanted to do was play at Jefferson High School. <laughs> that was all I wanted to do, I promise you. You know, because when I started watching them, Jeff, it was, this was right after Damon had left uh, Wilson and graduated. So I never really watched Damon. But Jeff had, you know, Tony Hobson's uh, junior, Denmark Reed, who I just seen, and they had Lil Pooh. They had a squad, right? And they were supposed to win state that year. And I'm at the game. My sister's a freshman, so I'm going to all these games now. And um, they end up losing in the semis or something because Tony Hobson, who was a star point guard, who I was looking up to at the time, I'm 8-9, like, man, I want to be like Tony. Yeah. He had a little aneurysm, whatever. So he didn't, you know, he, he ended up not, not playing, right? And so that's when my love for it, you know, that Jeff came right then and there. Two or three years later, I'm still going to all these games, you know, um, catching the bus from my elementary school on a public bus to go to watch these games. Um, he made them as seniors, right? And, and so now they're seniors. My sister's a senior. And I'm going up there to the games. I'm getting to all the games early. You know, because the girls playing it's before, too, and right? it's a show they putting yeah. on, man. And Jeff was one of the top teams in the state. And they, man, they, they, they fought and, and, and got to the state championship and ended up losing. Who'd they lose to? Um, you remember? Uh, 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 A.D. Smith. 
I want to say it was A.D. AD Smith, yeah, man. A.D. Smith. I can't remember what high school that was, though. Um, but they lost in the championship, man. And, uh, you know, obviously I was, I was hurt. Now I'm probably in middle school or something like that, but I was hurt like that. And then obviously when I got to school, when we got there, man, that was always the goal of mine because, you know, you've seen how the community around it, you know, uh, rallied around the school, rallied around Jeff. Jeff is a community school, right? And so when we got there, man, my freshman year, uh, you know, we were just okay. In sophomore year, you know, a couple of guys came back to the school and we got better and we could have won the state that year. And then that my junior year, we won it. And I mean, when I talk about, we was, we was, we was a little rock band, rock, a little <laughs> rock band at that moment. Yeah, yeah, man, it was pretty cool, man, because the community came out and supported. Every game was sold out. They had to change our, uh, move our, our, uh, our high school games, especially when we played Benson. They moved our Benson game, was one of our rivalries to the Child Center, which is where University of Portland was, we moved it there, and we sold that thing out. Crazy. And it was crazy. So Was Robert know, Day still with Benson? Robert Day, Darren Cooper, Hoopers. I mean, we had some good basketball names, man, some names out there that people, you know, uh, may not, may have not heard of, but yeah. went on to play college basketball and do some great things. And so Ben Coffey, you know, Boomer Brazel, Terrence Green. JR was on the team? JR was younger, yeah. but he was on there. But Terrence Green was cold. Terrence Green was good. That's AC Green. So that's yep, so okay. AC Green, you know, was yep. one of the first ones. Yeah, I played with Terrence's his uh, brother. Yeah, Kevin. Yes. Yeah. So he was Green. good too. Yeah. He was very good. Did you guys ever? I don't know how the community is, but did you guys ever go watch other teams' games like around the community? It was hard because I thought most of the teams played all on the same night. So you okay. play like yeah. Tuesday and Friday. Yeah. And so like if he had a game, we'd have a game. Like yeah. you're, you're generally playing on the same night. Sometimes not, but like it was very rare. Yeah, I never had yeah. a chance to go see anybody else play. Once you just always have to wake up in the morning and check the, the newspaper to see, oh, the yeah, see, what they're doing. see who did what. Okay, Ben Sullivan had, okay, 15, eight rebounds. Okay, oh, Ben. Stop okay. it. I have more than that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking high school. Ben was putting up 30. Yeah. Um, no, Ben, so you went to Lake Oswego, right? Yeah, I actually went to three high schools. Three high schools. Tell us about that. Partly just because of my family. So my dad was a carpenter. And so, like, he did a couple deals where, like, we would – I don't know exactly the details, but we would move into a house and he would, like, renovate it from the inside out and then sell it. And then, like, so that happened, like, a couple times. Yeah. And, like – it was kind of a cool thing because it was like a long-term project and like, you know, add-ons and we live somewhere or whatever. And then partly was to also help me with like where I was going and, and different school districts and stuff like that um, in terms of basketball, what the team looked like and all that. So I was at, I went to Tigard High School my freshman year. Um, and then I just played freshman basketball. I was only like six foot when I started, but by the end of my freshman year, I was like six, six. So That's wild. And that was my one growth spurt. Um, and then I went to Beaverton my second year and I kind of like was trying to figure out a place to play. And I went to Beaverton and thought I, w I was going to be able to play how I wanted. And like, if you take a step back, this is just my own personal issues. I was kind of a little bit ahead of my time. Now we watch the game play and like Dirk Nowitzki's a hall of famer and like all this stuff and like stretch bigs and bigs handling yeah, and yeah. shooting threes and all. It's all normal today. But when I was growing no up, they did not want to me block. to do that. Right. But you wanted to get to that but block. I, that's how, <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to play that way. I wanted to shoot threes and dribble and, like, drive and pass. And, like, you wanted I, to change I would the play, game. Yeah, I wanted to yeah, – <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't go that far. I wanted to play, like, how the game's played today. and But it wasn't played that way for the young groups that, like, at my age, it wasn't really played that way. The only time I was really allowed to do that was with my AAU team. They just said, hey, shoot as much as you want. ICP? Like, yeah. ICP. Yeah, they let me shoot as much as I want, space the floor, and just play how I wanted to play. They were like, hey, you got the skill set, let you play. But in high school, I was trying to find a place that let me play how I wanted to play. And so um, went to Lake Oswego. That's where I played with Damon's cousin, Salim, um, who was – he was like Steph oh. Curry before Steph Curry. Like he would just walk across half court and literally, launch it. Literally. <laughs> that was I like mean, his... It's not even an exaggeration. Andre Iguodala, who played with him at Arizona, said it in his book. Like Celine was doing what Steph was doing. A lot of some of that stuff back he in was college. Cold. I mean, I know that he was cold in college. So yeah. in high school. I think school. he still has a record for 
three-point percentage for a single season in college. He shot 55 from three his senior year. On eight attempts. It wasn't like he was just shooting. He's making more than half of his shots from three. It's insane. So, anyways, he's one of the best shooters I've ever seen. And uh, that year, maybe I only had like 15 and eight. (laughs) (laughs) And then then when Salim left – I was a senior, and I finally got to play like how I wanted to play, and run the floor, and shoot, and do all that stuff. And he was out there like dirt on your I dirt. Th- shit. I thought I was, but when I, watched, <laughs> but when I watched the video, I looked back; it was not like dirt. <laughs> you're not you're not showing those to the guys now, learning no. how to play the game. I got a couple clips though. <laughs> so you you mentioned you played with Salim. I'm just curious, like how did you know him before? Did no. you know Damon at any point? Like when did you meet Damon in that whole process? Was he I going met into Damon the game? Times, like through Salim, like through being around, but like, yeah. I don't, I was trying to think back when you guys said you wanted to do something like this. I was trying to think back, like the moment I met Aaron and the moment I met yeah. Damon, the moment I met him, I can't really remember. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, it's not some love story where you're like, Oh, that's the moment right. I met my soulmate. Like you, well, you at that time like, you don't know that like these people are going to turn into who you guys turned into. No, right? but like, if I kind of, if I think about it real hard, I just remember like interactions, you know, being at Jeff, I remember being at a um, LA double pump camp down in uh like cs dominguez hills i think we were down there like around the same time or and then also the la tournaments like i remember watching portland legends play and like yeah. watching you guys and all that and uh um, it's funny like like he just said it. i think for me and i don't remember the exact time exactly like like he said yeah. but i played for portland legends with troy berry right that was my aau squad he played with icp with canaan you know which a bunch of my you know kids from from my, my my high school or whatever, played for them. They were a little younger. He I was a, a year younger than us. And I remember just going to the gym and seeing, you know, they practicing. ICP would practice at, up at Jeff often. Jeff, SEI, Grant, right. wherever we could. And so then I see, man, who this big, tall, white, white boy out here? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, you know what I mean? Because you didn't, yep. you know. So I remember that being, just you start being around. You just mentioned tall. I got to bring this up. So, Ime said that when that position opened with the Spurs, Mm -hmm. someone at the Spurs said, does anyone know a tall player who would be interested or former player who'd be interested in this position? Why why do you think they wanted someone tall? So it's, it's actually been a recent trend in the NBA is trying to find people that are former players that can get out on the court and enhance practice. So you can guard guys a little bit. They have to guard you like, you know, we have days where there are guys that don't play as many minutes and they need to play pickup. And, you know, sometimes you might round it out with a couple of coaches slash interns slash whatever. And if you can have more able-bodied people to help enhance the level of play, then it's just a benefit to your organization. So you walked into the Spurs and you were you were practicing with them at times on, on days like that. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't call Getting it. I was practicing. Run. I was yeah. more like a dummy just <laughs> trying to like help in whatever way. Like, you know, those, you see those commercials, like the crash test dummy that yep. just like, like wherever they put me in the car and just said, go do that. I was just doing whatever they were telling me to do. Sometimes, yes, I got to play a little bit of offense, but it was mostly a ton of just guarding, rebounding, just trying to help out. Were you on the wrong side of things with Duncan? Never on the wrong side <laughs> with Tim Duncan. You never. <laughs> Number one rule. I, I mean, from playing defense. No, I mean, yeah, but I mean, if you want, like, he scored on me yeah. every time. If you, that's what you're asking, <laughs> that is exactly what I'm asking. Yes, I've been on the wrong side of a few bank shots. If that's what you're wondering, <laughs> a few, a lot of people have been. Um, no, this this is awesome. I think talking to all four of you, you can just feel like the passion about the city, and uh, hopefully, all of our listeners really learned a lot about like what the community is like from from the hoop side in yeah. Portland, um, and a lot about how you guys came together. It's a really awesome story. Pretty incredible that all of you are on the same staff here now in Boston. It's wild. That's nah, dope, man. And, and I'm just going to say, man, I grew up as a basketball player. You, 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 Portland basketball, like we, we've been talking about, Terrell Brandon and Damon Stoudemire was big names for us. Big names for us, you know what I mean? So Terrell being an all-star one year, Damon being rookie of the year, you know. I actually was – was, Arizona was high on my list because of Damon, you know what I'm saying? And then obviously the – the track record they, they had with point guards, man. So um, never got a chance to really work out with them as I was growing up, but it was somebody I always looked up to. For now sure. you can't so every day. A chance to, nah, for sure. Now it's fun, <laughs> man, because you get to pick his brain, yep. just talk, talk old basketball, man. It's just a little different thing. So it's dope. Love it. And I will add, you were asking, like, why do you think this community 
is like that. Like, why is the Portland hoops community? I don't know where it came from originally, but it's because of people like eBay. So eBay is the type of person, I don't know where he learned it from, but he, when he was playing pros or he's playing overseas or he's playing in the G league with Aaron and he's, you know, yeah. like whatever yeah. it is, whenever he would come back to the, 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 in the summer and like work out with us and play with us and all that stuff, like, he was so giving in terms of like if he had extra shoes or gear or yeah. whatever, he was always like trying to help out like all the younger guys. And so like, I don't know, it's kind of like a, I guess I call it like a corny term, but like pay it forward or mm -hmm. whatever. Like it's trying to lift people up. And so like most of the people in that community, and I mentioned their names, like Cowan's, you yeah, know, Cowan's, rest in peace, like, yeah, and, and Dupe and Strick and Kanan, like they were always trying to help the people that came after them be better than they were and have more exposure and go farther and have more success. And I don't know why I was lucky enough to be a part of that. Like, I don't question like how it happened. I'm just thankful that it did. And, you know, I, I just think that's kind of how the community is. I, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't been there in a while. So. Nah. Yeah. It's, it's dope because what you just said, it brought up a, a memory of mine, man, like Andy Ford, like, so they got a crew, Damon, and it's a bunch of guys strict, you know, Kanan and all them, the former players that are still in the mm -hmm. community or from the community, they're older, so they're all Damon's age. But while we were in high school, they would come scrimmage us. While Damon we talked school, about this in the first half. Like, if you guys listen back to this, he said, I never looked at myself as, like, better. He said he used to come home and play, while he was at Arizona, come home and play with eighth graders. Yeah. And he wouldn't view himself as like on another level to them. He wanted to share the court with them. So it's, it's exactly in line yeah. with what you're saying. So this is why he was a pro. So now he's a pro and he comes back home. It's wild. And his crew, you know, in the summer or whatever, comes to the gym and plays against my high school team, man, just to kind of try to, you know, battle with us, kind of get us better, be physical with us and all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so they will always do that type of stuff like, you know, looking out and, and coming back to try to make sure that we, you know, continue to get better and play against the best. Love it. One last question before I let you go. And I, we got to touch on this. You played with Ime in the D league. Oh, yeah. Now you're coaching with him here. It's funny. Damon played with him with the Spurs, but they forgot that like, they didn't even talk about it when we were on the, on the, on the first half of the episode, they totally forgot they played with each other. I doubt you forgot, but yeah. what's, what's it like coaching with Ime as opposed to playing with Ime? <laughs> man well I'll i tell know you, in this situation it's a little different yeah, he's technically your boss right yeah but you know i tell you it's the same when we get on the court and have our coaches uh scrimmages out there our coaches <laughs> pick up you know being real competitive uh real physical you know and gonna talk some shit <laughs> so, i mean uh no it's been great though man like at the end of the day you know Eme has always been somebody that and when you step in between the lines you know, it's all about trying to win and competing, playing hard, being tough, so forth. And as soon as you step off, man, you give his, the shirt off his back. And I know it's cliche or whatever, but it, he literally will. Mm -hmm. I, know, you know? I feel like I've seen him actually do that. <laughs> and, and, shoes, just to, yeah. and just to echo that, he's the person that I learned that from at a young age, being like 16 or 15 and scrimmaging against him. And like, we're in the summer playing. And this guy's like, what now would be like a flagrant eight foul? You get tossed out of the league. Like, you get fouled like that. In pickup. Like, you get fouled like that all with regularity. And don't say anything. You, you just get fouled. It, you get right? up. No, I mean, it's a foul. Yeah. But, like, you get you up and just you like check it. up. Yeah. No, you check up. No one's mad at anybody. Like, why are you fouling me? Yeah. None of that. Like, you get up, play. And I'm the young guy, so I'm just, like, happy to, like, be <laughs> out there. And you get fouled, get up, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know – arguing about calls and I'm getting fouled and I'm frustrated and all this stuff. I'm like, man, I hate E-Man. I hate E-Man and all this. And then I'm done. And he's like, hey, man, you want these shoes? You want to go get something to eat? And I'm like, what the? What are no you? Who are you? I'm like, what is that? No and then like, questions. you just learned that like, that, like while, you're, while you're in the lines, it is win at all costs, compete. I am trying to win. When it's done, we can hang out, eat, have fun, be, be boys, like all this stuff. And I was just like, I watched him do that. I was like, oh, so you can be uber competitive and still be a nice person. It's impressive. It's impressive to see it because I done seen plenty of times when he didn't got into it with people on the court that really wanted to whoop it, fight yeah. afterwards. And he made like, man, what's wrong with this? He's still tripping about that. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> He's still tripping. <laughs> oh, man, I ain't thinking about that. You know what I'm saying? But he taught me to be like, I ended up being like that. Yeah. I had my roommates in college that I would play, like, I live with them. 
Then we go practice. I'm flagrant fouling them in practice. I'm out fighting. Then afterwards, I'm like, hey, you want to go get something to eat? They're like, forget you, man. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm not about to eat with you. You just, like, elbowed me in my neck. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> practice, man. Come on. No, to me, that that speaks to the whole story here. I mean, starting out with them, it was Damon. Yeah. And then it was Ime. And then we keep going on down the line. It's like, it just keeps getting passed down from group to group and generation to generation over time um, out in Portland. So yeah. awesome to hear you guys' story. And congrats on getting to where you are right now and doing it with the people that you were around growing up. It's really cool. Thank you for listening to View from the Rafters, behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics, presented by Cardless. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit mortonbuildings.com and start your construction process with superior materials craftsmanship best-in-class warranty morton buildings are made to last for generations at morton the difference is in the details from their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field they are dedicated to surpassing expectations their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years and morton buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. 